is it this mythical circle of sevenths that people talk about? <laughs> the circle of sevenths, yes, yes, that uh, musical concept that you just invented. Good morning, BHA. It is a podcast about barbershop recorded today. Richard Reeve in Queensland and there's Ash down in Perth. Two Australians talking about the greatest hobby on earth. Oh boy, it's swell to say. Good morning, BHA. Good morning, BHA. Good morning, Ashcofield. Hello. Isn't it a beautiful morning in summer here in Australia? Yep. We're sitting out here on the uh, on the back patio of uh, of our producer Adrian Nimple, and uh, <laughs> introducing a pretty special guest uh, today, isn't it? Oh, he's special. He's special, all right. He, uh, we've we've um, uh, Good Morning BHA is a, a, a podcast about all things barbershop um, uh, in Australia with a with a frisson, an influence, uh, a dollop. Of, uh, of international barbershop, and that's quite relevant today because uh, we have we have an Aussie barbershopper who, um, uh, 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 it quite simply, has made a splash on the international scene and has uh, made a name for himself. So, we'd like to welcome to this choreo going on now. Um, <laughs> we'd like to welcome to the podcast uh, uh, Aussie uh, uh, Tasmanian uh, um, and now. BHS uh, music judge and director of Toronto Northern Lights, Andrew Carolyn. Hello, welcome to Good Morning BHS. Hello, good day, good day. How are you? And you from have... this beautiful, <laughs> what, this summer, beautiful Canada, cold evening here in in Canada. Nice. <laughs> Um, mate, uh, we, uh, I ran into you, um, for the listeners benefit, uh, uh, in, uh, an international just, uh, just a few months ago and, uh, and between us, we, we soon got to, Hey, I interviewed you for good morning BHA. And you said to me, Hey, you haven't interviewed me for good morning BHA. <laughs> and we both sort of, went, well, how about we make that happen? And so here we're making that happen, which is pretty exciting. So we got to quite the, quite the story to, to unpack, um, Mate, um, pretty straightforward start to uh, these uh, these interviews. I'm just, <laughs> just distracted as my co-host is getting organised here, wondering where to put his various devices on <laughs> which part of the chair and the table, and just, he's rearranging the furniture. Just, this is all behind the scenes stuff. He's fidgeting. No one knows. <laughs> he provides no this, knows. this uh, frenetic energy to the, oh, to the set. I like that. Quartet, though? Maybe not. Frenetic energy. Please welcome. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Mate, tell our listeners, please, about your musical background and how you discovered Barbershop. Ooh, that's a good question. Good opener. Um, it's full of I was going to tell you, though, Richard, we, we did chat in Charlotte. That was great. But uh, really, I was just wondering why you hadn't had me on sooner. We're building up to it, mate. Okay, good. We, we had to get our, our, our shtick, our banter down <laughs> so we could really do justice yeah. to your to your uh, your contribution episode. And this is it? This is the... <laughs> well, we're about level. to find out, aren't we? <laughs> very good, very good. As Jack um, Nicholson would say, this is as good as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> My, uh, this, is, this is the pinnacle for me, being on this podcast, is, uh, is right. the, the apogee of my barbershop career. Um, I got started in Hobart, Tasmania, where I'm from or where I grew up, um, in golly, 17 years ago, it would be now. That's, that's a little terrifying. Um, <laughs> my brother Tim and I joined the same chorus, um, joined a youth chorus 
that uh, was kind of an offshoot of the chorus. That's how they get you. The chorus now known as Deep South, formerly known as the Wellingtones. Um, the Hobart, what were they called at the time? Hobart Men's Barbershop Harmony Club. There you go, HMBHC. Dig in the archives, <laughs> find that. Um, so yeah, we got we 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 went along to uh, to to a couple of rehearsals there, and like many people who discover barbershop, um, pretty quickly got hooked. Um, we had musical backgrounds, so um, family is all full of singers. Parents are both singers, so it was probably inevitable that we'd find something. Um, but yeah, it just happened to be happened to be barbershop, and and yeah, just found the the harmony pretty thrilling and um because it was a youth chorus it was fun to hang out with a lot of uh a lot of young guys and just just have good times and make good music so um fellow youths yeah, that was the hmm? fellow youths fellow yes youths. louts and hooligans larrikins a lot of them <laughs> um, no hopers uh, um mate and you you came into barbershop with a, a fairly strong um music <clears throat> theory background yes no, I did not. I have okay. actually actually zero formal musical training. So Wow. Uh, Seriously? Never never studied. It's actually even more impressive that he's now a music <laughs> judge in BHS and when he started Barbershop no music no, no formal music training. Um, but true. you mentioned your, your parents were singers, so you came into Barbershop knowing that you loved harmony singing, yes? Completely, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, used cool. to we would uh, we would stand around the, the piano at and sing four part carols at christmas time i just thought that was a usual thing i thought everyone did that um so yeah that was just yeah. my my kind of upbringing my experience but yeah i was always always knew i could harmonize i did do some choral singing when i was a kid um but yeah it wasn't until finding barbershop that really found something that just was just so electrifying um and right all so kind you, of as soon as you heard it you went i want to do this just no question yeah, I mean, we were at a we were at a chorus rehearsal, so it was in the context of being like, "Oh, this is this is really good." I mean, and it is it's the same thing that that anyone will tell you. It, it is that that harmony and 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 ringing chords and singing tags and all those experiences mm. that you have for the first mm. time, and it's it's mm. it really is like nothing else. I mean, all choral singing is is great in its own way, but barbershop does have a special uh, special appeal about it. Mm, see, I was going to get to this later on, but that's a, speaking of segues. What is unique about Just setting you up. Mu the, the musical structure, the chords of Barbershop that make it different to other choral singing? Because I think most of us, even without any formal training, like you think of choral singing and you think of that sort of, you know, people standing there with their sheet music and, and, and you know, singing various classical pieces. But there's something many of, many of us barbershoppers haven't been hooked by that, but we've, we've been hooked by Barbershop. Is it this mythical circle of sevenths that people talk about <laughs> the circle of sevenths yes yes that uh musical concept that you just invented <laughs> well you guys invented the circle of fifths it's not even a thing <laughs> yes we did barbershop music judges invented the circle of fifths Richard. that's um that's what i came on this podcast to tell you it's um you're just revealing you just the bag. pulled away the, the wizard of Oz is over. This, can, is this can never be released this can never be released. <laughs> the hit squad is on its way now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hear those sirens? Hear that helicopter? Um, that, that's, um, yeah. So, what's what's your uh, what's your opinion of what's what's unique about barbershop uh, that, that 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 gets the blood running? Uh, that's different to other other um, horror, um, horror, um, harmony and choral singing. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's a, it's a few things. It's really the 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 tenets of the style, the hallmarks of the style, but. 
um, we sing chords in close voicings. We almost always close our voicings, so we almost always have complete chords. Obviously, four part, which is sort of just enough to achieve that, but also, um, yeah, just a, a it's a great texture. Um, melody in the second voice down really does assist in that closeness of voicing. Um, so a lot of that is what facilitates kind of the the lock that's very exciting about about the harmonies that we sing. Um, and then the, the seventh chords that we sing, um, obviously a lot of dominant sevenths and uh, tuning them with just intonation so that they so that they ring, so that the the tuning is based on the harmonic series, um, which just gives this sense of expansion in the sound. So for those not familiar with Barbershop, which will probably be the one How many listening to this podcast? To this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> for that one person that's kind of what makes it exciting and then we also sing in a homorhythmic texture so everyone's singing the same words at the same time and it's also pop pop music so you know the vocal quality that we use is is um it's pretty immediate and it's pretty it's pretty full and pretty resonant um so i think all those things together obviously i didn't know that when i started barbershopping i just got together with three <laughs> guys and, and the excitement <clears throat> of you know, holding my holding my part on a tag, just like yep. anyone else. It was it was it was just the hairs went up on my on my forearms, mm. and I thought, oh, this is this is special. But now, obviously, knowing that that's kind of what what the building blocks are of that experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's like and when you when you locked and rang your first few chords in, in your first uh, uh, visit, um, did did you know the songs that they were singing or, uh, and oh, you know, I know the song from whatever, or was it the harmonies and the songs were, were secondary? Yeah, it was definitely the harmony. I mean, no, yeah. to answer the question, didn't, didn't know the songs we were singing. Yeah. Um, you know, these were, these were kind of classic barbershop tunes like Ain't Misbehaving mm. and, um, mm-hmm. but back in the trying day, to think, trying to think what else we did, Chord Busters March, <laughs> you know, real yeah. classic oh, yeah. barbershop stuff. <clears throat> and I think one of the things that really sticks with me about that experience is, um, I, th- I think that new barbershoppers and young barbershoppers, and there's a flourishing scene of younger people discovering this music, and I think they love that music as much as anything newer or, or newer pop music that's being arranged in the style. I mean, I think that's wonderful as well, but I really think it is actually the, the same four-part harmony and some of it obviously is hokey and old-fashioned, but some of that music is still just as exciting for kids today. And I think sometimes you hear, oh, well, we need to update the repertoire. I'm, I'm not sure that's... I've never been convinced that's true. I think the old stuff has just as much of a place in the hearts of newer, younger barbershoppers. They're just as excited about just ringing chords. And even if it is older music, I think it's just, it's just such a good fit for the style that I yep. think they... I, I don't know. I'm very heartened to see that a young generation of people is still singing a lot of the things we would consider the old songs. Uh. The air quote. I'm making air quotes. We um, <laughs> um, can hear that in your voice. That's right. Yeah, they probably got it. Um, yeah, I think that's a wonderful thing that that we can have both. We don't have to choose. We don't have to get rid of the old music. I think the young the young people. There you go. Showing my age. The young <laughs> yeah. people love that. Love that just as much. There's nothing like a yeah. good old beautiful harmony to to enjoy absolutely so again we're, we're touching on so many of the great questions we're going to touch on later but now as good as any time um in in your experience whether it be in australia or, or north america or anywhere else 
um, when when introducing barbershop to uh, to people, um, do you have an opinion on what's your observation? What's your, your observation of of whether it is the songs or the harmonies that people like? Is, you know, I'm sure you've come across the argument many times by by people in recruitment discussions. Oh, you know, you have to sing songs that people know. You know, in the charts now or etc. What's your what's your experience over the years of of, of that? Um, I think it does depend a little bit, but in general, I would say it is more the harmonies. I mean, we, we had a, uh, an event recently, the Ontario district's 75th anniversary. Um, don't tell anyone this either, but it was actually, I think the 76th or 77th year because, um, COVID kind of put a bit of a wrench in the, uh, in the plans, but, fair enough. um, we had three international champ quartets come out. Um, so vocal spectrum awesome. and forefront and after hours were all up here Oof. and, uh, as part, you know, you could. I know you could do better, but um, as part of as part you of the work time, with you can get, eh? You got it. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, they they were the ones who we could who we could get. They were the ones with, with availability. <laughs> um, but no, they're all just to be clear, all phenomenal musicians. But um, so we did some touring around some schools, some local schools, and I mean, the 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 kids were absolutely electrified, and a lot of that music, some of it is newer. But a lot of it really is the classics. I mean, mm-hmm. Vocal Spectrum mm-hmm. tends to close their set now. Street where you live. Crazy. You know? Well, yeah, that's a that's a great example. That's decades old. Yeah, that's golden age like, musical yeah. theatre. And yeah. then yeah. you know they sing Bye Bye Blues, the the new David Wright arrangement, and it's, I mean, that's as old as songs come, but it's <laughs> it's phenomenal just because it's great. It's great music, and I think if you think if you think about other choral styles as well, maybe they have this same argument going on, but. The best music in those styles is not necessarily modern music. There's some modern music that adapts well, but I think it's more important that the musicality of the performer is coming through. I think great music will always trump newer music for the sake of newer music. So, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. oh I think, sure. Oh, is that a good, that right. a good snippet for you? It's gold right here? there. It's gold right there. <laughs> and... Um, Again, speaking for, to, to a general audience, uh, what's your opinion? I mean, you, you really heavily touched on it there, but um, one hears around the barbershop traps that, 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 you know, music of recent years, there's less of it um, that is shoppable than music from, from many decades uh, past. Is that your experience? Yes, definitely. Okay. I mean, you, yeah. you mentioned the circle of sevenths, or as it's more commonly known, <laughs> the circle of fifths. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, that was... Uh, such a common foundation for songwriters in the golden age of musical theater yeah. or you know yeah. the great american songbook or jazz standards yeah. that that yeah. that that musical idea that harmonic idea was so present in the music of that time so it's not necessarily that we prefer the music of that time on its merits it's just that barbershop sprung up as a genre in a time where mm. that was the popular music and so yeah. we we appreciate what that gives us in terms of musical opportunities so it's mm. it is mm. hard with newer music does tend to be a lot of three chord songs you know one four five and and six minor and it 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 doesn't lend itself to the style as well um, mm. Mm. so i don't know if you if it's still great music and i still think a lot of barbershop ensembles can and do sing that music mm-hmm. um but yeah it does it it lacks something that we that we crave that tritonal <laughs> tension that we just oh, we just need that that's the hair raising stuff for, there's for a please welcome man. tritonal yeah. tension <laughs> <clears throat> um mate uh, so much to cover this is this is already uh, absolute gold um 
but uh, we should cover the, uh, the the name, rank, and serial number stuff of of your career. Tell us sure. about your time with Deep South, and and your you know that's the you, you did your I guess apprenticeship in barbershop through Deep South, and uh, you had some quartet experience there, and then and then um, yeah onto your time in Southeast Queensland with with Sound Connection and quartets there, etc. So yeah, yeah, run us run us through your your, your bio. And, sure. And, and, you know, your your reflections and yeah, what you enjoyed and what you learned from that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we've already we've already started our started our story in in Hobart, but um, yeah, as well as singing with uh, with that youth chorus, um, I gradually got involved with uh, with quartets as well. Sang with a quartet called Close Shave, um, which. Every I don't know, Tasmanian barbershop has done. Every yes. Tasman, it's it's a rite of passage in in Tasmania that you in Hobart that you sing with that quartet, including John Newell. Of course, Tim Begbie has been singing with that quartet for thirty. The only constant member, yeah, for the whole time. Yeah. It's been, and uh, he was certainly an early kind of early kind of mentor for me and someone who mm-hmm. who guided me. Um, and I uh, did then join the uh, the chorus that became Deep South. So. Um, yeah, so the youth youth chorus um, tag team, as we became known, um, stuck around for for quite a few years, um, and uh, we did sing in a few of the uh, BHA youth contests. Um, had some success there, uh, and that was sort of my I forget the exact order, but I was um, sort of my first taste of section leadership and then directing a little bit came at around that time. So I was probably a few years into barbershop. Um, it's kind of a recurring theme. I know. I know. Richard's. He's watching. He's looking his watch. He wants me to get the get the detail out. But um, <laughs> one of the. <laughs> hope you've got a couple of hours. One of the uh, recurring themes um, for me in barbershop has always been that um, if you if you have the enthusiasm and the aptitude, you can you can be given opportunities. And I love that about the barbershop community. And it's something that's that comes up repeatedly in, in my experience is that people will you know they will take a take a punt on some on an unknown quantity if, if they see that you you know are, are keen and have some talent so that was I was lucky enough to be put in op- put into some opportunities with directing and with section leading and um, and it sort of all snowballed from there. Um, so did the chorus approach you or did you approach the chorus or a bit of both and, and say hey I'd like to do this could you do that? Um, that's a great question. I think, I think I started out just as a section leader because, you know, I was, was pretty capable at, at singing the part and, mm-hmm. and, and they said, oh, we'd love to have you, have you do this. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, I'm not, you know, I, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm not um, qualified. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. But they said, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And I think again, that sort of learning on the job. Um, yeah. and then I was an assist, assistant director of the chorus, <laughs> directed the chorus a, a, a little bit here and there. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, never kind of in, in a, you know, in a contest setting or anything like that, but, um, it was something that I enjoyed and, and wanted to keep doing. Um, yeah. So I think that's kind of where so a bit it, of both, it, it planted the yeah. seed, and, planted the seed. <clears throat> and, and clearly you've had sort of many stepping stones throughout your barbershop career that have, that have all added on each other. But would I be accurate to say that that was quite, um, significant and powerful in, building your um, barbershop and musical confidence that you I, you know, were given the opportunity to do things, you were asked to do things, you could do them, and by doing them, you, you built up the internet, hang on, I can, I can do this thing. Yeah, I think completely, that's, a, that's been a recurring experience. Um, I, 
I don't think I don't think one ever really feels ready for the opportunities that that one needs to take. You know, like I think you 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 reach that point a little bit ahead of where you're really ready to do it. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's just how life is often. You know, you uh-huh. you you land in some spot and you you feel like you there's a lot of duck feet, you know. All's calm that you you're going rapidly under the surface trying to make it work and um there's always yeah, just think, a little bit of leap of faith. You have to just take. You just have to go. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do this, and just 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 hope and uh, that you <coughs> that it'll, it'll it'll work out. And and if you yeah, if you work hard and you've got a bit of a support network around you, completely, completely. And I think that that's you know we talk talk a bit about imposter syndrome, but um, that's something that I don't think ever really goes away. You know, you you talk to some some people. I've I've now had that opportunity to to build some relationships with people who I idolized growing mm, up mm. and realized oh okay their journey was similar you know they and they're human they, as well they yeah. didn't just emerge having all these skills <laughs> and these abilities people took uh-huh. risks on them and gave them opportunities and and yeah. they built up over time and they made mistakes and and all that stuff so it's that's a that's a weird thing to realize you don't really ever make it you just mm. i guess you're getting you do become increasingly confident in what you can do but but yes. it doesn't the journey is never over you know i'm still learning as much now as i was then just the stuff mm. that i'm learning is is different so mm-hmm. yeah no very good um and uh we do need to keep going but yeah what would you <clears throat> how would you sort of summarize uh, your time with with deep south or you you would would i be re- correct in saying you left deep south as uh, uh, having established yourself as as a as a club musical leader and and you you took you then you know took that those skills and that confidence into your into your next chapter yeah, definitely true. Definitely true. So had a lot of support from. I mean, it's a Deep South's a wonderful group of people, and and um, consider a lot of them great friends still. Um, but yeah, the next opportunity came kind of a serendipitous timing, um, where uh, a quartet of of friends from Southeast Queensland uh, that was Adrenaline was the quartet, and uh, yeah, they invited me to, to to join and come and sing bass with them. So um, was singing bass at the time, and and did for. Most of the start of my barbershop career. Um, so this was Beckett on tenor, um, Albertini lead, and House and baritone, correct? Yeah, originally, originally, originally. House and was singing lead, and, and Albertini was baritone. But we mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's right. Around. Then after a little bit, that was for one convention. Then you shifted around the next time. Yep, that's right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, that was a, just a, a really neat opportunity. And again, you know, just kind of kind of a leap of faith for me because I had to move. To Brisbane and uh, oh, you didn't really know anyone there. Um, had to find it, you know, find a job, and that was really from just from in terms of my life. That was the that was me leaving my hometown. So that was a, a pretty mm. big pretty big step. And I think that was probably the one that set me on the course for being like anything that you know anything I um, anything that I want to do musically. I can I felt I had the confidence after that to to go and chase it if I wanted to. Um, oh, cool. that I could kind of go go anywhere so yeah so and so tell um, us briefly about that quartet experience that's you know that's been uh, one of the um, more successful quartets in 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 uh, Australia yeah no it was it was it was great um, we had a lot of good times um, yeah my first experience with sort of a serious quartet again the air mm. quotes um, mm. so we did compete in a couple of a couple of national conventions and I think uh, I think we came top five in in both of them. I I actually forget. I should have probably <laughs> probably looked back. Well, you um, you ended up doing very well in Panpacks, I recall. Um, so that that was a different that, quartet, though. Different quartet. Well, like, there was three of the same. Shared yeah. members. Shared members. Oh, a couple. Quartet. Okay. All right. Yeah. Come okay. on, Richard. Uh, 
That was so, the establishment. We're not there yet. We'll work at that. That's right. Richard, you're ahead. <laughs> He's trying to move it along. Wants to move it along. <laughs> but that, going, going into adrenaline, um, so moving to Queensland and, and getting to sing with like iconic Australian barbershoppers, really, was that a, a, a bit of a driver for you? Going, these guys want to sing with me? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean, especially as a singer, um, you know, I was discovering a lot more about sort of my musical leadership abilities. But um, yeah, I think it, it, it opened a door that said, oh, I could actually be a high level singer as well. Um, so that was, and you know, incredible musicians. It was just a really exciting thing to be in that in that world. Um, really was a big, big step up. Um, and yeah, I hadn't done a lot of quartetting before that. So, you know, I was still pretty new to the quartet thing. And so that was learning the ropes of kind of serious quartetting and, and being quite ambitious. And, and uh, so that was, that was very different. Um, yeah. So what did you enjoy most and what did you learn most about quartetting and about barbershopping from Adrenaline? I think it was a lot of it was just um, the quality of singers in the quartet mm -hmm. and the things that I learned through just rehearsing and just making music with those people. I mean, they're just amazing musicians. So you learn so much just from just from being around them, let alone actually singing and learning what it is that really makes the makes the difference with like a high level high level quartet. Um, and you know, a lot of it is just the fundamentals done well, um, but just learning how you actually craft a song and what it is about rhythm that makes something really compelling um so i learned a lot from that from that experience um with those guys and yeah they're all three great great musicians um, mm -hmm. so yeah we had a lot of good times for sure <laughs> and and um we'll we'll come back to a bit more of adrenaline and then the establishment but um was your movement to queensland um uh, was it a given that you would sing with and be a, be a musical leader with sound connection or did that come after you moved or yeah we definitely talked about it i knew i would sing with the chorus um <coughs> and uh yeah just from from chatting to andrew Housen, who's who's directing at the time and um yeah and was excited about that opportunity as well um pretty much stepped straight into a, a section leadership role there and and um yeah later on was a was an associate director too um but i think yeah it, it, it was one of those again one of those strange experiences when you when you move you you do get a bit of a chance to sort of reset people's expectations of of who you are and what you're capable mm -hmm. of so that was that was interesting coming into that space and being sort of acknowledged as a musical leader right from the beginning um and uh, I think that really helped my confidence as well. Um, yeah. And that was, you know, again, applying the same sorts of skills, but to chorus singing at a higher level. And that, you know, that was a chorus that, that um, did sing into the, up into the 80s in terms of score and, and was doing some pretty, pretty great stuff. And a, a lot of individual responsibility and, and the things that come along with, with a, a high level chorus culture. So, um, yeah, so Sound Connection for me was learning a lot of that. And, um, you know, we had great success in some contests as well. So that was, that was fun too. I mean, the trips are always, I don't know, they're great. It's, it's, it feels like the cherry on top, you know, the, yep. the real work and the real music happens <clears throat> in rehearsal. And then you, you go uh -huh. to a trip and you just sort of say, well, uh -huh. let's try and actually showcase what all the, the result of all the work we've done. So Yeah, good way to look at it. To the extent you can um, put your finger on it or, or, or summarize it, you know, when those of us who have sung in, in more than one chorus, you know, each every chorus is unique. And, and you know, when we leave our first chorus, we you know, which 
is the whole barbershop world for us while we're there and then go to a, you know, a subsequent chorus, we sort of go, oh, okay, well, you know, they, they do a lot of things similarly and but they, they do these things a bit differently. Is there anything you can, you can point to about things you noticed, uh, you know, about the, about the, that, that um, yeah, your, your second chorus experience from your first? Yeah, I mean, I, I already mentioned um, individual responsibility and just the insistence on just learning at a really high level and learning music mm-hmm. at a really high level. Um, and then just just excellence in rehearsal and a real focus on, on that. Um, I think that's that's what I took from that. Um, I mean, I always felt that, that Deep South and the Tassie guys kind of punched above their weight as a chorus. Um, mm-hmm. We actually came fourth in, in, must have been in Hobart um, at that convention. So we actually were you know a bit of an underdog and and <laughs> trying to trying to do more than not more but trying to punch above our weight a little bit yeah um, yeah but yeah i think that that was the that was the difference and just yeah just seeing that that again just seeing a different culture um there were ways in which it was it was better and ways in which it was different and and realizing that culture was something that you actually choose to build and that lesson has kind of stuck with me as I've become a chorus director later is that mm. um, I think it's it's incredibly important to be very intentional about the culture you're wanting to create. Um, kind of be actually interested to know a couple from your experiences as well. I'm doing a lot of talking, but um, but yeah, creating a culture that, that has the things that you value and you feel the most important mm-hmm. and being very intentional about that. It's almost the most important thing I, it's much. right up there with with what you actually do musically for me is is the cultural aspects of of, of what we do in chorus. So mm. Mm. <clears throat> our um, friend and mentor Eddie Martinez um, mm. spent many years uh, going around choruses. He started um, with uh, as the main coach with Vocal Evolution. Well, back in uh, at the, pretty much at the start of the chorus, I guess it was before my time. But he was it's certainly coaching early, yeah. the EBI Five and. Um, uh, he, he talks about spending many years going around and coaching um, quartets, you know, from a singing perspective, which ended up becoming his his category in the BHS judging program, mm-hmm. and holistically. And there was plenty of you know plenty of holistic performance concepts that he touched on. But just back to your point about what you value and what you focus on as a club. At the end of the day, he said all of that is um, is 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 based on a foundational or needs um, the club culture to be sorted out. And you say, okay, well. What do you want to do as a club, and then we can work out how to do that. Uh, and that's what his, that's what his sort of main observation was holistically about barbershop. Yeah, completely agree with yeah. that. I mean, as a as a director, you know, it, I I tell my choruses, I am here to hold you accountable to what you choose to pursue. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really what really what it's about. Um, we don't, as chorus directors, we don't have any magical <laughs> tricks. We have some musical knowledge, obviously, but. Um, so much of it is about making sure the people in the chorus are in a space to actually have that learning and have that achievement. And that comes from being in agreement about what it is that we're trying to do. Um, so yeah, I think Eddie was, Eddie was spot on with that. Spot on. Spot on, mate. Spot on. Nailed it. Um, and mate, of course, uh, the quartet went across to, uh, to Pan Pax in New Zealand in 2014. Tell us about that journey. Yeah. So, um, that was the establishment. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a couple of a couple of shared members between Adrenaline and the establishment. But um, yeah, we kept kept on singing. Um, Dan Milgate joined us as as bass. Um, I moved up to baritone, which um, I'd been singing baritone with the chorus, so that was um, a nice shift for me. Um, really consider baritone my my 
I think it was always to some degree my my favoured part. Um, it's and a, now, of course, Milgate's gone from bass to baritone. That's true. That's true. Yeah. The world's gone crazy. <laughs> it really has. <laughs> Where are all the basses going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is Says it? something about uh, Ali. Like Ali's gone. To Ali's gone from Bass to Baritone. Wow, goodness me! Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah yes. So, um, what um, uh, you you, uh, you transitioned from um, Adrenaline to the establishment and, and um, uh, went across to, to New Zealand. And what was your what was your chat about about goals there? It's always it always intrigues me how we how we define success for ourselves. Yeah, I think we. Um, I don't know how directly we talked about it. To be honest. Um, I think we were always very driven to improve our performance, but I think it was always um, it was always about besting ourselves. It was always about, and you know, you, you both know you've both had this experience that um, you you don't directly compete with other groups in a barbershop competition because you really just scored on the performance that you do, and then it, the chips land where they land. So, yep. I think we were just trying to do the best musical performance we could, and. The, the Pampax trip was relatively early in our journey as a quartet as well. So, you know, a lot of it was still, in, in some senses, pretty raw. Um, Dan was traveling in to rehearse with us, so we were long distance at the time. So that is Millgate, not Beckett. So, um, so, you know, we brought a lot of the things that succeeded in, in Adrenaline to that, but, um, but we also were trying to sort of figure out our own personality. I, I recall it being relatively new. We we really loved some of the music that we sang, some some really cool stuff. Yeah, but, you guys did um, some cool songs. Yeah, we did um, Aaron Dale's "Since I Don't Have You." I remember that one particularly. Fun. Um, it's just being a little bit different than what we'd done before, and a little yeah. more kind of playful. And and yeah, the yeah the Flintstones, and you did that mountain yeah. one. Oh, great. We did have the, the Flintstones too. That was fun. That was a fun tune. Oh, you remember better than me, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a great experience. We, we, we won that contest, which was cool. Um, my recollection is that would have qualified us to sing at International, but never got the chance to, to go, unfortunately. Such a huge trip. And uh, I still haven't sung with a quartet at International, so that's still on the, oh, wow. Well, on yeah. the list of the to-do list. Um, It'll happen, yeah. Oh yeah, hope so, hope so. Yeah, um, and mate, um, so we, we have so much awesome stuff to cover. Um, tell us, um, so yeah, if you can, yeah, sum up your your, your sound connection time. You, as you as you say, you yeah, the cream rises to the top, and you became associate director. Um, and so yeah, how, how do you reflect on your sound connection time? You would have enjoyed lots of great singing, and again, you know, whenever you're in a chorus, particularly in a leadership position, you just continue to learn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, without I think leading that's... the witness. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That is that is more or less the summary of that of that time. Um, again, already mentioned it was a it was a different level of chorus experience. So um, that was pretty wonderful. Um, yeah, I, I again remember the the trips a lot. Oh, there we go. Remember the trips a lot. Um, remember traveling around and just um, yeah, just a lot of good times. <laughs> Hey Nikki, you're on the you're on the podcast. Hi Nikki, you're on Good Morning BHA. <laughs> Has she not been on this yet? Oh, get, get her on. Well, this. we were going to um, at at at, uh, at international. We sort of never got around to it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a busy week. We're going to do week. a joint thing. Yeah. It's a busy. She still doesn't know. She thinks she must think you're online watching some barbershop education program or creating one or something. Anyway, something like um, that. Anyway, yeah. So mate, that, um, yeah. Was that? Yep. 
So um, yeah, so tell us about the uh, about uh, the trip that the the, 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 the you, you did an initial uh, domestic life change from Tassie to Queensland, and then yeah. then then an, an international life change from uh, from Australia to Canada. Yeah, I did, I did. Yeah, so um, yeah, was was traveling around in Europe. Met a Canadian. It's going to be the short version. Met a Canadian. Um, we kind of got together, and uh, we lived in Brisbane for a year. So I came back from that trip and, and was in Brisbane still. And so she joined me in Brisbane and then um, a year later we moved back to, back to Canada. Um, actually not to, not to Toronto, but to, uh, to Kingston where, where she was from. Um, so yeah, had a couple of years there. And uh, yeah, so obviously that time moved for, moved for other life reasons, um, but <clears throat> realized pretty quickly that um, a couple of things, one was that there were chorus directing opportunities there um, and I, I was lucky enough to end up actually directing two of the three barbershop choruses there in, in Kingston. Oh, nice. um, so that kind of came together. That was, a, again, a bit of serendipity that those groups were looking for, looking for direction um, and someone to lead them. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, then uh, what was next? Oh, yeah, just realizing that the closeness... I don't know, you're telling the story. <laughs> My own life, it's so, it's so much to the, um, the closeness of Canada to the US was really, it was a bit of a boon in terms of being able to access a lot of the, the barbershopping that goes on in the States. So, um, you know, it was, very, it was a very different proposition to be able to travel to international or go to Harmony University or do um, judging trips. Yeah. Um, so you suddenly here. found that a lot more accessible. Is that the bottom line? Completely, yeah. So yeah. we, a number of us had traveled to um, the category school, which is the BHS judging training school. A number of us had traveled to that. I know, Richard, you were there one year, I think. Um, mm. uh, so I, I was actually there in 2013, which was before I moved. Um, and I just said at the time, I can't, I can't do the the level of travel that's required to to put myself on the pathway to become a mm. judge over here. So, I knew that wasn't really an opportunity while I was still in Australia. So, continued to judge in in Australia, but um, but yeah, there was always an ambition was to was to become a judge over here. And uh, and uh, yeah, when I moved to Canada, I that that really paved the way for for that to happen. Um, just because I could get to the get to all the events and actually Absolutely. do the do the judging assignments you know it's a massive but you knew you wanted to do that yep yeah 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 cool yeah yeah i mean and how I, did you I, choose I the, ju- the music category that's a good question i was yeah um, with no formal musical training what the heck the reason is that they didn't have very good screening processes in place <laughs> there's the aussie larrikin coming out at him a bit of self-deprecating humor <laughs> um yeah no i I was drawn to it because I was arranging a little bit, getting into arranging. Um, and I mean, I think most judging folk will tell you that they are just drawn to some perspective on a performance. It's the question is like, when you listen to this performance, like what stands out to you about a great performance? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, it was always the musicality of the performance, um, more than the singing quality, more than the raw singing quality or the, mm-hmm. or the, or the visual, you know, mm. um, performance aspect so yeah so that was why i was drawn to that and and um you know it's also the best category so there was that too he doesn't like sparkles that's what i'm hearing <laughs> can't believe it mate um, I, so I wasn't going to respond to that 
Yeah, yeah, give them enough rope. You, um, um, and so who was category specialist when you started uh, in the BHS music category? Um, that's a good question. Um, Is the category Steve specialist. Or, oh, it might have been. No, no, he wasn't category specialist. Kevin specialist or yet. Mm. So when I, when I certified, it was, it was Steve Armstrong. Okay. Um, so, and then Steve Tramack now, and then, um, yeah, it would have been Kevin, one of the category schools I attended, and then Jim Kalki. Um, okay. The late Jim Kalki, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, was was category specialist, one of the others. I forget the order of those, but those have been yeah. the sort of four. So. Yeah. Um, and how did you find yeah. the, the certification process? Um, honestly, it, it's one of the, it's been one of the best musical educational experiences of my life. Um, and that was a big part of wanting to do it um, so badly was knowing the sort of just training that would come out of it. I mean, you know, when I first went to category school in 2013, I, I, I flew from Hobart, so I was still living in, in Tassie. Um, and it was in Missouri, held in Missouri at the time and um, in the weekend prior to Harmony University. And uh, yeah, so did this 36, 38 hour trip, just this insane trip um and got there like they'd actually already started the first session of category school so um for the listeners benefit, for the li- listeners benefit um sometimes alliance judges will go visit as guests and that was what i was doing so just a guest at the school um and walked into a room and in that room were three of the five directors three of the top five chorus directors from the international that had just passed that year. Mm. And I walked into this room and because I was late, because my flight had just gone in, just gotten to the, to the campus. So everyone turns around and it was one of the most surreal experiences of my life. Cause wow. staring at me were, you know, legends. Yeah. And, and Justin yeah. Miller and Steve Armstrong and Joe Cerruti, all just Mark Hale, all just in this room. Yeah. It was an insane <laughs> experience. And I, that's the, that's the biggest just gap I've ever had of what am I doing here? Where, like, am I in the right room? Like, how could I possibly be actually, you know, in this room with you? Didn't people? say, oh, excuse me, I was just looking for the bathroom. Yeah, I, I mean, I considered it, and also I was like tired to the point of hallucinating. So it was delirium <laughs> on every level. It was the most surreal experience. Spinning um, out, but yeah, that's, but that's you pushed through. You jumped off the cliff happened. and you pushed through. I did. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't on the hook for anything there, but. Um, you know, you just you realise they're just they're just people too. You meet your heroes. It's pretty pretty exciting, pretty special. And then and then you learn from them. And again, sitting in a room with that much musical brilliance, you uh, could uh, not fail to learn a uh, crazy amount. And I've I've been uh, lucky enough to do that. So yeah. Uh, and would would you summarise the certification process or what balance of sort of I guess inspiration? You know, finding out more about how it works and going, man, that's so exciting and and learning, you know, how to trust yourself, putting numbers down. And, you know, and, and I hope there wasn't too much sort of intimidation going, oh my God, how am I going to do this? A bit of both? Yeah, look, it was pretty supportive, actually. Um, yep. One of the changes that's been made in, in the BHS or in the CNJ community, that's the, the judges community, um, is that judges nowadays are only invited to category school if they're, um, if, if the they're intent pass. is to certify them at the end of the mm-hmm. school. So the nice thing about that is it allows it to just be an educational experience, the actual school mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. Um, so, or if they're guests, obviously, which was me a couple of times, mm-hmm. but um, 
Yeah, so it really does make it a learning experience. Uh, the focus is mostly learning. There are, you know, scoring tests and things, but um, the focus is really on is really on learning. I mean, we've also changed our mindset to think of competitors in contests as our customers and what can we do to serve them better. And, huh. you know, that's it seems obvious in retrospect that that's the judging community exists because people want to come to contests and have good experiences. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, for a long time, it's, it's easy to fall into that trap of... Um, of we're, we're sitting in judgment upon you, thee mm, yeah. and you know judging <clears> you ye judging shall you. singeth the seventh <laughs> chord <laughs> and, uh, it's, um, so that's it's it's a much more sort of modern take on it that that yeah. we just want to make it a good experience for them we want them to come back <laughs> so yeah. that's that's a really nice way of, of, of yeah. thinking about it yeah the, the relationship between the competitor and the judging uh, pit is is, is, is ongoing sort of amusing and, and uh, intriguing I know that David Reid, uh, current BHA, um, a singing judge and Sunshine Region chairman, sort of um, puts it the best uh, for me. You know, he said it was the, his first competitive experience. You know, he got up there with the bright lights and he saw all these. You know, uh, now I'm using air quotes, learned. You know, people in the down in the judging pit, and he started singing, and within seconds, all the heads went down and started to write. And he was like, "Oh my God, what's going on? What are they writing?" And uh, and as you say, you know, we try to educate people. And then the, the irony, he says, now having become a judge is that most of the time they're just writing down the song title, not something you've done wrong. <laughs> so true, so true. Although for us, music judges, we usually write down the song title from the pitch, but it's fine. Hey, oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> There's trouble, trouble given that two out of every th- three songs are pitched wow. in B flat, but anyway. Um, mate, um, yeah, but it's how you blow the it's pitch. It's how you blow the pitch. Oh, yeah, wow. It's the breath. <laughs> it's the intent of the if pitch blow. <laughs> <laughs> now um, we're into performance category. Yeah, no. <laughs> mate, um, and so, uh, yeah, so much to talk about. Uh, time is ra- racing along. Um, now, you, some, some of our listeners may not be aware that you sat in judgment uh, you're in the pit at international which is uh, just such a huge honor and congratulations uh, all barbershoppers in australia super proud of you and just i was so thrilled to see you there uh, yeah um hitting with the with 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 the, the big boys um tell us how that came about and and i know you, you know from having seen you there i know you're you're very focused and and uh, and taking it very seriously but i hope you enjoyed the experience and have come away just on cloud nine yeah yeah thank you thank you um that was a pretty unexpected thing. I mean, um, you know, as a, a, I've been certified since 2019. So, um, yeah, so a few years now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to, to get the call up for that. Um, I think uh, as far as the experience, yeah, it's, it's like nothing else. I mean, just the, especially in Charlotte, it was a special atmosphere. Um, mixed groups competing in the, in the open mm. contest and, um, and just the environment of celebration was unbelievable um and it did just feel to me at least super supportive throughout the event so um and being up and up close and personal with the best groups in the world i mean there really is nothing like it so from that point of view yeah it was it was exceptionally awesome um i think uh it is hard work it is a big job i I will say that uh incredible honor but yeah it is a it's a busy week and um it was also only the third international that i'd actually attended um, which was kind of an amusing reflection, but <laughs> oh this is the thing: is is it's very hard to make that make that trip from from Oz. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty a pretty amazing experience. And again, you know, you pinch yourself when you see your name in 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 the uh, company that that puts you in, and and uh, 
um, yeah, I'd, I'd originally been been um, scheduled to judge or invited to judge international um, for the the pre preceding year, which was cancelled, uh-huh. um, and so yeah, got the got the invitation again, and and yeah, thanks to uh, <laughs> thanks to Steve Tromack and Steve Armstrong for always being uh, incredible supporters of mine and, and believing in me, and and um, yeah, that's it's pretty much a dream come true um don't know if i'll get the opportunity again but it's it's i'm i'm chuffed to have, uh, the day yeah. chuffed to have had that chance well I, i'm likely to be busy at future internationals let's put it that way but no, uh, yeah well, okay, absolutely <laughs> um we ah, oh, god damn it i was gonna like now that's a segue of something else that we have to talk yeah, about get, which is amazing you I was go gonna, wherever you well, want well, well no, no we'll put a pin in you mentioned the everyone harmony and we'll put a pin in we'll come back sure, to sure. i'd love yep. your your thoughts on from a, from a music category, uh, what, the, the, the different things that music category is hearing with the different voice placements now with with um, with, with everyone in harmony. But sure, um, yeah, you, you mentioned so tell us uh, yeah about uh, your, your Toronto Northern Lights experience. Um, uh, uh, um, former international gold medal chorus um, with some um, uh, some exceptional musical leadership, and you're now the frontline director. So again, congratulations! Just a bloody brilliant uh, acknowledgement and achievement. And tell us how that came about and how it's going. Thank you um, again. Yeah, uh, that's been really incredibly exciting. Um, yeah, so um, the the context to it is um, I left Canada in 2018, moved back to Australia um, for about most of 18 months. I was back, or not even, just over a year, was back in Australia, um, which was a, a, a fun time. Um, but uh, yeah, it gave me the, the opportunity to reflect on a few things and... and I had really decided that I did want to stay in Canada, so um, had a plan to move back over here and um, decided moving to Toronto made more sense. It's a bigger, bigger city, more opportunities. So um, yeah, so I ended up moving back back here um, 2019 and uh, I was singing with, with Toronto Northern Lights. I'd actually joined them, even though I had to commute a little bit to rehearse, I joined them for the International in Las Vegas in 2017. Um, in which we did the uh, tribute set to the Dukes of Harmony. That's yeah, right. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, that was cool. Um, who were the international chorus champions in the late 70s a couple of times. Um, we actually had three members from that original chorus still in the North. Oh, Atlanta, wow. Pretty special. Um, Here she is. Go, to tell her that we can see her sneaking up behind you, even yeah, though Snicky, she's walking Nicky quietly. Wants to be on the podcast. Hello, Nikki. She's trying to hide. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. Um doesn't want to be BHA. <laughs> no, she loves she loves you guys. Don't worry, don't worry. Talks about you all the time. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes in a good way. <laughs> um, so you're saying yeah, with so, TNL on the international So I sang with them at International um, a few years ago, and so I already had some friends and connections in the chorus, and um, you know, it made sense to keep singing with the chorus and. Obviously, it was a challenging time. That was right before the right before the pandemic. So, mm. got to do like one show with the chorus, um, and then yeah. So, um, Jordan Travis had been the frontline director for a few years um, after Steve Armstrong, and um, yeah, Jordan was stepping away. So they were looking for a new director. So um, I didn't know that when I when I moved back. It kind of um, yeah, kind of the process wasn't in wasn't in in progress then. So yeah threw my hat in the ring and and uh and as of the beginning of this year i guess the 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 process went on hold while the chorus wasn't rehearsing in person and it was a mm. it's kind of a challenging time a few of us sort of waiting to to see what would happen but 
um, yeah, eventually got the got the call and was asked to ask to direct and um, yeah, it's just been a an absolute thrill. I mean, like any chorus, it's been a challenging challenging year and a challenging couple mm. of years. Um, mm. You know, we did a lot of online stuff while the pand- pandemic was still very much a thing, and we weren't rehearsing in person and just trying to build skills. I wasn't directing at the time. I was just involved and just kind of part of the, the leadership. And um, mm. yeah, so got back to real real in-person rehearsals start of this year and, and set about cool. trying to kind of figure out what direction we were going to go in and how to, as I said, how to build the culture and shape the culture. But um, one of the best things about TNL is it's just a phenomenal level of singer in the chorus. Um, you know, they're wonderful people as well. They're, they're awesome. Mm. A lot of them have become really close friends. Um, but yeah, just the level of musical ability in the chorus is very high. There's a core of singers who are um, just excellent singers. Um, so gives you a lot of flexibility to, to kind of push in different directions. And um, yeah, so that's been a fun, a really fun experience. Hard work well, and, well just, and well, challenging. Yeah, I'm but, sure it is. We'll talk about that a, a little bit. Uh, you know, mm. we mentioned earlier on about you know, the, the chorus culture. Like everything is based on that and, and built on that. Um, and, you know, Toronto Northern Lights, um, up until 2013, uh, uh-huh. was one of the best choruses never to win international. <laughs> and, yeah. But now yeah. you are, now you, you are a, a champ chorus. Um, uh, and some of the most iconic performances of all time, whether it be, you know, the, the mime performance or the, the robot uh, performance and obviously the, the winning veggie set and, and various others. Um, how, how, um, how would you describe um, Toronto Northern Lights as, 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 as a chorus? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that kind of stands out and um, came through a lot of discussions I was having with people early in my directorship is that... Um, TNL always wanted to be the chorus that people would make sure they would see at international, regardless nice. of who else I was like in the that contest. So much. Yeah, they wanted fun, to be that memorable group, and yeah. you know they yeah. they took some some big risks, and some of them paid off, and some of them didn't. But the ones, mm. the memorable ones, or the ones that everyone talks about, are the times that that the stuff, the risks paid off, and um, you know a lot of that yeah. was. Um, Steve Armstrong and Dave McEachern really kind of drove a lot of that um, for the chorus, and and it was a a lot of signature performances. So and yeah. um, you know I'd be lying if I said that was the easiest. They were the easiest shoes to step into. Of course, um, yeah. When you've got kind of a chorus with that sort of legacy, actually deciding like, so what are we going to do next, mm. is is hard because there's a, there is a lot of expectation because people just love the chorus and have adored those performances so myself mm. included so mm-hmm. you know trying to figure out how to how to do something that that sort of honors that legacy is mm-hmm. it's it's challenging it's tough and it, it is a different tnl than it was then you know i mean mm. the chorus won 10 years ago so it's quite a long mm. time um, yeah it is amazing yeah. and so without asking you to to, to divulge any confidences to take us sort of behind the scenes a bit in, in that discussion of just about that about okay this is this is what I call the barbershop corporate knowledge. Like this is the the culture and the skill base uh, that, mm-hmm. that we've led up to now. And and you know you and your your colleagues talking about where you want to take the course from now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I can I can touch on it without you know sharing anything that yeah. that you shouldn't share. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think the skill set in the chorus is still so well established that a lot of it was about you know what do we what do we actually want to be want to be doing, and I think. Mm. Um, Early on, I mean, I, I tend to have a very chorus member-driven approach to that. So we had a lot of conversations with the whole chorus, not just mm. 
music team and leadership. But um, I think from the start, you know, I said we 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 need to give ourselves the permission to do things differently and to, to find mm. a way that's going to work for the chorus as we are now. Mm. Um, and that's really the, the challenge is, is change and growth. And it's not always, it's not always what you anticipate. So um, mm. yeah, and I think to their credit, the, the, both the leadership and the membership have been really open to that and have been very trusting in me. Um, I mean, in some senses as a director, I feel like now I've arrived a little bit more. I feel much more, mm. um, you know, much more at ease with, with my own ability to actually lead the chorus musically. Um, mm. But the hard part is, is the culture stuff where you really have to be responsive to what, what the guys want to do. Um, so. They're going to international. Yes. I was trying to say that. <laughs> Don't bring that up next. Oh my God. You could have just asked the question. I was, yeah. <laughs> But Richard, Ash doesn't speak on this podcast. <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's how it works. Just before we get to that, um, I love your concept of, uh, you know, some, you, whenever you take a risk, sometimes they pay off and sometimes they don't, which is kind of the definition of a risk. And um, it, can you, yeah, is there anything you, more you want to sort of flesh that out? Because I know, you know, as, as kids growing up, for the, anyone who saw the, the, the Wiley Coyote Roadrunner um, cartoons, the thing that really used to get under my skin is, is, He'd only try try each trap once. He wouldn't learn from anything. He'd just you know, want to try to do a different thing. And um, and yeah, you know, there's 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 a lot of playing it safe in barbershop. And and um, what a, what a great barbershop and life lesson. Now you know we don't want to just um, take a fire hose approach and not, and and not care about the risks we're taking. We want to take calculated risks. But but sometimes to achieve great things, you, you're going to fall down and skin your knee, or it's you know you're going to have a bit of a, a, a flat. Um, uh, attempted something, um, but as long as you, you're acting in good faith and and you know ha- have a bit of a north star you're heading towards, then then you, you can um, be confident that you're still heading in the right direction, rather than assuming that everything you do is just going to you know succeed with bells on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. I think um, I think the big thing culturally, certainly that I've seen in TNL and that we're you know trying to maintain is um, to trust the process. And understand that you know that's that it's an artistic practice it's not just um it's not just a moment to moment thing it's 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 mm. the habit of of being willing to kind of go all in um and that's hard to it's hard to maintain it, it takes a lot of trust and it takes you know people have to be willing to try some things that they're not sure if they will work um and yeah it's it's incredibly challenging to to have a lot of have a risk-taking culture and then sort of like well you innovate but if you innovate in the same way again are you still innovating that's the (laughs) that's the really challenging thing you know if you have a process for innovation is it innovation (laughs) um so coming up with some of the the really wacky oddball stuff has been it's been pretty interesting for me to learn about how a lot of that those performances came about and it wasn't Mm. as i mean you only see the final product you know, like the 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 rewrites of the veggie medley. Okay, uh, well, uh, uh. I wouldn't have known about that. I mean, yeah. uh, <laughs> but tr- trust me when I say, you know, it was not just oh they just came up with this pure gold, uh, clean, and yeah. just did a few rehearsals and chucked that on stage. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. messy process, and there's a lot yeah. of work that happens. So, um, yeah, it's 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 challenging. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, you're heading to international next year. Um, tell us about um, yeah that, that your 
the energy and the excitement and uh, and it'll only be the second uh, convention since um, since everyone in harmony and you know back after COVID. So um, yeah, how, 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 what's what's the focus and energy like for that? Yeah, so we're we're in the draw at the moment. Um, still sort of finalising the details of what our next year looks like, but. Um, but yeah, I think if, if we do if we do go to international, it'll it'll be you know it's it's it kind of feels like getting back to normality is probably the wrong word, but getting back to something that has produced some of the best experiences for a lot of the a lot of the guys in the course. Um, yeah, I mean, I I personally personally am crazy excited for the opportunity to actually direct on the international mm. stage again with my habit of of um, not having much practice. Um, you know sing with a chorus once at international and then <laughs> and direct it next get time. To direct the <laughs> next time so i haven't done a very good job at giving myself um dipping my toe in the water i just <laughs> kind of jump just jump straight in go yeah. straight in i get pushed yeah. in really is the reality um but no i'm, I'm very excited for that um uh whenever it is that we do go that'll be that'll be pretty pretty amazing um and yeah i think we're also just trying to trying to make sure that we're you know keeping our level of musical excellence really high for everything that we do. I know every chorus yeah. sort of nominally says that it's yeah. easier said than done, but I think we, we want to make impactful performances and, and connect with our community as well. Mm. Um, so it's, it's both, it's the home front. We've got a really exciting Christmas show coming up. We're singing with a symphony orchestra in Branford. Hey, um, nice. So nice. things like that are really important to me. And I think the chorus as well, that we're, that we're doing both, that we're not just exporting our, our best stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty exciting. Um, and my my, um, I'm gonna jump in here and say that my women's chorus that I direct is also going to Sweet Adeline's International as well. Hey, so, congratulations! Uh, so, um, Boy, qualified yeah. one hour one hour Taking regional contest. <clears throat> so it's been it's been good. I'm uh, yeah, pretty pretty fortunate to be doing what I'm doing musically. I would have thought well, that hard work would pay off. I'm just sort of processing this whole discussion we've had <laughs> a little bit. Um, sort of the thing about Drew, what you've done, but you, you say, it sounds like you've just been open to opportunities and taken them. Like you say, it sounds, oh, that sounds fun. Can I do that? I'll oh, just give it a go. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, more, more or less. To, to really less. simplify it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't... I didn't set out to have these particular successes that I've had. I think, you know, my goals have, my goals have shifted, but I do really believe in just taking the next step towards what yeah. feels like the right thing. Um, I don't think I anticipated the level of success I've had with Barbershop. And by success, I don't mean like, you know, competition results. By success, I mean... Uh. Yeah, the the sort of groups that I'm able to work with now and the music that I get mm. to make, I don't think I anticipated that when I when I started out, and I didn't really ever set that as a goal. So yeah, there was a lot of just you know, an opportunity comes up yeah. and yeah, that's and, what I mean. Like you 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 didn't go, oh, I'm going to do this 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 this. You're just like, oh, this is an opportunity. I'll step into that. Oh look, here's another one. I'll step into that. You know. And suddenly here you are with that openness the and your stage and judging international yeah. and all that all the rest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you if I mean, everyone is an overnight success if you ignore. <laughs> in my case, the seventeen yeah. years of uh, after the seventeen years of, of leading up to it, you're an overnight yeah. success. Exactly. Then everyone's like, "Who's this? Who's this guy?" But you who's know, this you, flash in the pan? You you pay you pay your dues for one of a better yeah. expression. Um, yeah. 
because that's where you or maybe a better expression is you cut your teeth on some yeah uh, on and you build up i mean my first quartet performance you know i've i've scored in a i've been in a quartet that's scored in the 50s you know i've been mm. in a chorus that's probably scored in the 50s mm. and i do think that gives you well, it has given me a great appreciation of like just how good it is to be doing the stuff that we get to do. Like, I, mm, I yeah, definitely yeah. don't take it for granted um, mm. that, you know, and I, I have also, I have to acknowledge, like I've had the privilege and the flexibility to be able to like relocate. And that yeah. is just not an opportunity that's afforded everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that what's happening in the barbershop community in Australia is awesome like watching from mm. afar like the hobart convention that just happened spectacular like the level the groups mm. are singing at the community the the way that mix harmony has taken off over there that's all inspiring um mm. having said that i probably wouldn't have found my way to do the things that i've done if i was if i was still in certainly so tasmania right. not to say that there isn't good barbershop there but there's so much more opportunity over here for, yeah. for the things that i've been able to do so yeah. Well, at this rate, every Tassie barbershop will be in Canada by the year four thousand. So you know, it's really. <laughs> I don't think I don't. I don't think John Yule mul- considers has, himself a Tassie anymore. I think. No, a fair Tassie, point. No, he's, he's, PK does go on and on about Brisbane, doesn't he? Queensland. He loves Queensland. He that. loves a bit of Queensland. <laughs> he loves his Maroons. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Mate, we, we uh, it's been absolute gold. Thank you for your time, and uh, uh, loved the, the things we've touched on. Um, before I get to my uh, my final question, what mm-hmm. would you what would you um, like to see um, where would you like to see Australian barbershop go? What do you think the the challenges and opportunities for BHA are at the moment? Um, that's a good question. I think um, I mean I already mentioned. I think that um, if the mixed harmony stuff wasn't happening, that would obviously be a huge a huge mm-hmm. opportunity. I think the collaboration between um, between the Sweet Adelines Region Thirty Four. And BHA uh-huh. is a is a real opportunity over there. I uh-huh. think there's something about the isolation of Australia that just makes it that much more important that there's really strong uh-huh. communication internally and really good collaboration as well. So um, I know there's been some certainly on like young young people singing, but um, I think that's always something that can can improve. And then I think it's interesting to think about. Australian groups making more of a reputation for themselves internationally. I don't know if that's mm. important or not, but I guess it would be great to see more representation over here, seeing it from mm. the other side now. Like I was always proud mm. when we had a, a, an Aussie group at International. Yes. Um, but it is such a hard trip to make. Um, yeah. Maybe it's yeah. maybe it's time for International, the BHS International, to start not always being in North America. But then it's it's the flip side, right? It becomes yeah. a, a you know a huge trip for that's huge yeah. the groups over here. Well, it's so like I, getting people in mainland Australia to bloody travel to Hobart for our national. <laughs> oh, hang on, what? Outrageous! Outrageous! That's an outrage. That is. <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah. I mean the 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 youth movement and the mixed harmony stuff in in Australia is as good as anywhere, um, and I genuinely believe that. Um, so yeah, I think I'd just love to see love to see more of the i don't know there's a lot of homegrown talent i'd love to see the continual knowledge exchange like i benefited a lot Uh, in australia from exposure to a lot of international barbershop stuff uh, that was uh, happening yeah a lot of education as well so i think that's gotta gotta continue i think there's some unique things about australian barbershop too if only just holding out a number of fingers to show which part you're going to sing in a tag Um, (laughs) that's probably number one amongst them um (laughs) 
But I think there's a lot of, like, the culture of Aussie Barbershop is unique in its own way. Mm. You know? It has its own uniqueness. So I think that's, that's cool. I hope there continues to be, like, a cross-pollination of Aussie Barbershop into what happens over in North America and Europe. I don't know. I, mm, mm. I'm hopeful. That's that a really a good point. Answer, it, it is, but... by definition, it is, uh, you know, a, a fairly tight, highly defined genre. Um, but as you say, each country has its own tweak on on what it makes that's really interesting and we don't want it to be uniform around the world we want people to in any art form we want people to bring their different interpretations and different um different uh, yeah their own backgrounds to it that's very interesting yeah. um mate uh, this is uh bloody awesome so to yeah to finish off uh my my favorite question uh what is just as excited i like, I like this question. <laughs> what would um 2022 andrew carolyn Tell 2005 Andrew Carolyn about barbershop and you know the things you might want to do and, and things to do or not do. What advice would you give him? Oh, that's hard. That's really hard. <laughs> um, I think there's two things. One would be this might seem a little a little on a tangent, but one would be that it is actually possible to make a career as a musician or at the very uh-huh. least i would definitely say to 2005 andrew you're a good teacher and mm. and that nice it it took me a long time to connect that the stuff that i was doing in barbershop was was teaching um uh-huh. and now i do teaching from a day job as well so uh-huh. it's uh-huh. it's you know that's a if nothing else like the amount of education that i spend my life doing has been a, has been probably the biggest single difference as a result of all the singing funnily enough mm. <laughs> it's not really the music it's that i spend all my time educating teaching um so that would be a big one and um yeah i think the other one would just be what would it be i don't know maybe just to to, to say because i feel like you you gradually get this realization of how much is out there and i think maybe just to encourage 2005 andrew not to just to go looking for things that are out there especially in a Uh musical sense you know get involved with the barbershop world and and i don't know it feels like it was it was a slow burn for me a lot but um now that i know yeah it's taken 17 years to become a phs judge and direct an international champion chorus i mean come (laughs) on what have you been doing yeah exactly but no i think (laughs) just to i would encourage myself i don't know that i was like a like afraid of that or anything but just just i would give myself the advice to just chase it because it has worked out i'm i feel so fortunate it has worked out really really beautifully for me um but yeah as as ash kind of identified it was a little i was making it up as i went along <laughs> so uh, 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 uh. i think i did myself a little bit of a what life often is yeah yeah it's true it's true this is a this is a philosoph- philosophical <laughs> podcast oh, oh yeah. well you know, Ash, I mean, well enough to know that's where it was going. Just, anyway. You've done a lot of things that were just, uh, people just wouldn't even think, like, mm. I'm not going to m- change cities for mm. a quartet. That mm. seems crazy. Mm. Or, and that's where it started, you know? That's what right. put that seed of like, oh, I can move for something. Maybe I'll go to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Completely, yeah. Oh, I actually just yeah. got a big map and just yeah. threw a dart at it. And it landed in the middle of the Pacific. So I said, I'll go to Canada. <laughs> Canadian. And it's not, just quickly, uh, your brother, didn't, he did a bit of a tour of like, I'm going to go sing with a bunch of different choruses over across everywhere. He did. What did you do he that? Did. 
No, no, he, no, did. he did that. Yeah, he, Tim, he Tim, did. Tim sang with Westminster uh-huh. yeah. in in Philadelphia in 2010 and won a chorus gold medal. I was at that convention. That was my first international experience. Again, when I yeah. was still living in in Tassie. But yeah, he lived in in California for um, most of a year and then traveled around around the states visiting choruses. And I mean, the barbershop oh, awesome. community Does- is just. That's so so incredibly hospitable. Like you really, really can, is, you really can just reach out to mm. barbershoppers anywhere, you know, and they will, I mean, they'll go to extremes. They'll put you up with a place to stay. They'll make sure yep. you have transport. You know, it really oh, oh. is welcoming like no other community yeah. I've, I've come yeah. across. And I mean, that at the end of the day, that's the community is probably, well, it is more important than the music. The music's awesome, but the heart of it is really that and and yeah it's it, he so he did that anyway he did that and uh yeah. and won a gold medal so that was a a pretty special experience to share with with my brother as well like i'm i'm pleased that it, barbershop brought us closer together as yeah. ours oh nice so it's Aww. just been it's been a it's been nice actually to reflect <laughs> on a lot of the a lot of the wonderful things that it's brought to my life so thank you for the opportunity absolutely oh, great yeah, mate, we, do, we need to wrap up. That was absolute gold and it's just so great to, to get all those stories um, on the record. Um, yeah, thank you for your time. Thank you for, for sharing your wisdom. Um, thanks for sharing your excitement um, about, uh, about Barbershop and, and, and your observations and the, and the, the natter, chewing the fat. Um, but yeah, congratulations <laughs> on the success you've had and, uh, and seizing those opportunities and making the opportunities. Um, but overall, yeah, thank you for your contribution to Barbershop in Australia and around the world and long may I continue. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's been fun to my pleasure. Fun to chat. Thanks, Drew. Cheers, Cheers mate.